0: Also puts the pressure on today because the people who have spoken over the last few weeks have been absolutely amazing. And so uh, today I'm going to need your help in order to make sure that uh, this message is all God intends for it to be. Don't miss next week. It's the exciting conclusion to this series, and then we're going to move on in August. And I'll tell you about that in a moment. But uh, next week, on the road to Victory, So be sure and be here. Who doesn't want to live in victory, uh, in overcoming power? And so God has that for us. I believe he's already provided for it uh, in our lives. And so next week, we'll get to hear about it as well. And then in August, we start a brand new series on freedom from the book, of Galatians, We're going to spend six weeks in the book of Galatians, one chapter per week, and uh, it's a, a book study. Sometimes we do topical studies, just like this series, where it's a different topic each week, but sometimes through the year, we'll just take a book of the Bible or a section of the Bible, and we'll go through it, and so that's what we're going to do uh, in the month of August into the first part of September, six Six weeks on the book of Galatians, talking about freedom. So don't miss that launch uh, in August. There'll be a powerful, powerful series. How many of you have ever had your GPS mess you up? <laughs> you ever had that experience? Uh, it's not fun. One. Uh, time, and by the way, let me go ahead and give you a heads up, because here's the book we're going to today for this, this message, is the book of Habakkuk. Okay, Some of you are like, that's a book in the Bible. I didn't even know that. Uh, It it is, and it's small. And so I'm going to give you time to find that, locate that. Uh, If you get to Malachi, you just need to turn left a few pages, and you'll come to it. But uh, uh, I had an experience where we were on vacation. We were traveling down the freeway, and it was backed up, super backed up. And so... GPS indicated an alternate route, and so I'm all about staying moving. Anybody with me on that? I don't even care how slow, fast, whatever, just keep me moving, right? Uh, I do not like standing still. And so uh, I decided to elect to go this alternate route. We went off the highway, went down this two-lane road. I could see all these cars just backed up as far as you could see, and I'm feeling good because I'm moving, right? And all I see are red taillights over to my left. Until the road was closed that I was on. And I had some choice words for my GPS system, right? leading me astray, and it's like, you, what are are you doing here? This isn't good, and and so I had to turn around, uh, drove through a little town. I was over hills and yonder, you know, it was amazing. Uh, All I could drive through in the dark at night, and finally got back on the freeway and got on my way, but I don't know if you've had this experience in life where you felt like You came to a dead end. Anybody feel that? Where where you thought, well, I I thought this was going to be good. I thought this was actually going to save me time. I I thought it was actually going to be a blessing into my life. I I thought I was coming into a good season. I I thought that these next years would, would be great only to slam on the brakes and to feel like, whoa, I didn't sign up for this. I I didn't ask for this. Well, there's a guy in the Bible by the name of Habakkuk. Everybody say Habakkuk. And Habakkuk lived in Israel at a time when uh, their enemies were arrayed against them. It was not the best of days. This is about 600 BC, and Habakkuk cries out to God for the people. The people are crying out as well, but uh, he's a prophet, and so he cries out to God, and, and, and he pleads with God, God, you've got to do something. You, you've got to save us. You, you've got to come alongside. We're your people, God. You, you know, we need you here, and God speaks back to Habakkuk. And I don't know if you've ever had this or not, but he doesn't say what Habakkuk wants him to say. Anybody ever feel like you got a wrong number? You know, and God says, I'm about to do something. Oh, good. Finally. You're about to do something. Wow, oh, this is awesome. You're, you're going to do what? What are you going to do, God? Are you going to you know, raise up a champion again? Is there going to be another Samson? Is there going to be another Moses? What, what, what are you going to do, God? What, are you going to bring fire down from heaven? What are you going to do? And God says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring in your enemy, the Babylonians, And I'm going to let them run over you. And they're going to come through and they're going to just destroy things. And and they're going to show you how bad you've turned away from your God. I mean, no, that's not the answer you want to hear. (laughs) And so in the midst of this, in the midst of wondering what kind of God, you know, doesn't do what we want him to do. What kind of God, in the midst of our waiting, you know, doesn't answer right away? What, what kind of God does this? Well, the kind of God that does this is the one true God, all right? And we're going to find him today in chapter 3. But before we get there, we've got to read the last verse of chapter 2. Habakkuk chapter two, verse 20. Uh, if you don't have it, it's going to be on the screen. It says, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. See, th- this verse is foundational, right? Because what it's saying is, is God is still on the throne, It doesn't make any difference if I'm healed or I'm not healed. God is still on the throne. It doesn't make any difference if that boy calls me back or not. God is still on the throne. It doesn't make any difference if I get the promotion or I'm passed over and somebody who's not been in the company as long as I have gets the promotion. It doesn't make any difference because God is still on the throne. Come on, somebody, right? He's still on the throne. And so even though I'm confused, even though I don't understand, he's still on the throne. And then chapter 3 begins a reboot. I mean, no, if anything's messed up, the first thing you do is just reboot. And, and so he reboots. I, I'm, I'm confused. I'm unsettled. I don't understand. I, I don't know what you're doing, God. What are you doing? What are you up to? And in the midst of all this, here's what he says in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 1. It says, The prayer of Habakkuk the prophet on Shiganoth. Now, everybody knows what Shigonoth is, right? Here's the good news. If you don't know what Shigenoth is, most anybody does not know what Shigonoth is. Even many Bible scholars, as I was researching this and studying this, they don't know for sure what it is because it only appears here in Psalm 7. And so because it appears here and Psalm 7 and the two passages are similar in their style, they're similar in the way that they are questioning what's going on and there's a little mix of words there, the speculation is that Shigenoth is music style that it's telling the person who's going to sing this, the person who's going to play music behind this, the the person, the instrumentation, You, you need to know that you need to do a little shiggy on this, all right? Everybody with me? I almost called this message a little more shiggy, but then I decided that probably wasn't what I should call it. And so... Shiggy Shiginoth means this musical term, perhaps, that's kind of many speculated when I was researching about this, that maybe it's kind of like jazz music. How many like jazz music? The beauty of jazz music is, is you don't know where it's going, and they don't know where it's going. The people playing it half the time. They're just making music. And so perhaps he's saying, add a little jazz flair to this, or maybe a little hip hop, Uh, you know, maybe maybe a little extra style here, and maybe some rapid change of rhythm. In other words, this is not a whiny cry in your beer type of song. This is not, oh, my dog died, my wife left, I don't have any money. You know, that's not the type of song that this is. And country music fans in the house, all right? (laughs) How many know that the most passionate praise is the praise before the provision? Because anybody can praise after the provision. Come on, somebody, right? Anybody can praise when the miracle happens. Anybody can praise, Anybody can get excited then. Yeah, anybody can get excited when your team wins. They, they talk about fair weather fans, right? Who only come to the game, only stay for the game when the team is winning. But, but how many know a true fan is going to be a fan Thick and thin. Doesn't make a difference. Win or loss. Doesn't make a difference. You're still a fan. Look at the next verse. Verse 2. Lord, I have heard your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. I know you're a holy God, and I know as a holy God, you, you can't deal with unholiness, but in your holiness, would you just remember mercy? Would you just have mercy? Anybody have a grandma said, Lord, have mercy. And we sing a song around here. You know, I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way, and I believe I'll see you do it again. Remember that one? And, and, and what he's saying is, God, we've, we've seen you work, we've seen your power, and we know what you're able to do, but if you choose to not do it, would you at least extend mercy our way? Would you, would you at least show mercy on us? And so I want us to take the next few moments here, and I want to help you to, to, to get this this morning, how, how to deal with things when you don't get your way how i understand god when he's not doing what you want him to do and how how to praise before the provision and when you feel like you're going nowhere when it seems like your gps has led you astray when it seems like you're at a dead end anybody ever been there i said anybody ever been there when it, when it feels dark, when it feels like, "Um, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know if this thing knows what it's talking about here, when it says turn right. I don't know what's, what's going on in my life." When you have those moments, three things that Habakkuk t- shares with us and helps us to understand. the first one is that you need to remember. You need to remember. He says, "I remember the goodness of God." I remember what kind of God that we're talking about. Look at verse three. Here's what he says. God came from Teman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and his praise filled the earth. He's reflecting back. These are two towns. These are two communities that the people of Israel went to as places of refuge after they were delivered from the egyptian bondage and so he's recalling those and he's remembering hey remember those two towns we used to hide out in remember those places when we didn't know where we were going god said he's going to lead us to a promised land but it felt like we were just kind of wandering out there in the wilderness anybody remember that Well, well, you remember how he led us and kept us and he he gave us towns to live in and and we could escape to those. When we thought there was no way out, God made a way even where there seemed to be no way. The God who dried up the Red Sea and drowned our enemies in it is still God today. See, it's good to remember that, right? Right? It's good to remember that. Let's read on. Here's what he says next. He says, His splendor was like the sunrise. Rays flashed from his hand. Where his power was hidden. Plague went before him. Pestilence followed his steps. He stood and shook the earth. He looked and made the nations tremble. He says, Our God's not just any God. This is not some statue I've got on my mantle. This is not some person I just meditate to for 15 minutes a day. This is a person who shook the heavens and the earth. This is a God who brought plagues down on the mightiest nation at that time in the earth until they said, get out of here, and if you want to take some gold with you, go ahead. Isn't that amazing? Five of you think so. (laughs) Come on, somebody, right? I'm telling you, this is is a better message than you're acting like, all right? And then then in verse 7, verse 7 through verse 14, he he goes ahead and, and he reflects and he just continues to remember all that God did. It's so important to remember. Remember God brought bread out of heaven, I mean, we're out there saying, oh, why can't you feed us? Why, why are we out here? We should just go back to Egypt. And Moses turned to God, and God said, Watch this. I'll deliver bread every day. I'll have, there'll be so much bread, you'll flounder on it. And then he says, And I can even airmail in meat for you from the birds. And I can also bring water from a rock when you need it. I can bring fire from heaven. I can cause the sun to stand still. I can shut the mouths of lions. And when you're in the fire, not one bit of that fire will touch you. I can raise the dead and I can bring dead bones back to life. That's the kind of God that I am. You see, this is the kind of thing that David did when he was facing Goliath. You remember that story. If you know any stories in the Bible, you probably know this one, where David, the shepherd boy, is facing this mighty giant, and, and he doesn't just go out there and, and kill him. This giant is, is defaming his God. He is blaspheming his God, and he says, whoa, you can talk about me. You can even talk about my mama. <laughs> but you don't talk about my God. You don't go there. And he says, let me, let me just be square with you. Let me, let me just set this record straight. See, one day, I was out watching my little sheep, like everybody's talking about, well, he's just a little shepherd boy. My brothers are back here downing me and, and, and bad me and, and, and slandering me and, and, uh, and dissing me and, and all this, but, but let me tell you something. I was out watching those little sheep one day, and a lion came along, and I killed that lion through God's help. And then I was out there another day, and a bear came along. And and I took and I killed that bear. And let me just set the record straight, Goliath, that the same God who delivered me from the lion, what's he doing? He's remembering He says, the same God that did that two years ago, the same God that did the bear a year ago, the same God that was with me yesterday is the same God that's with me today. And the God that delivered them into my hands, he's getting ready to deliver you into my hands. You see, you need to remember what God has done in the past. Yeah, I was raised in a Christian home, and so thank God for that, because I remember stories. I remember my mom telling me stories about healings and deliverance and miracle things and stuff like that, and it helped my faith, but I'm telling you, it didn't help my faith as much as when I experienced it for myself, because I can remember when we were getting ready to move into this building, and it was Awesome. Because we had taken a step of faith. We had built something we couldn't hardly afford. Anybody ever done that? It's called a mortgage. And so we, we built this, and, and, and there were extra things that we hadn't counted on. How many like surprises, right? You know, we had surprises and some fees and extra things. We had to put lime in the dirt because they told us uh, this dirt's unsettled, it, it's not good enough. And, and so thousands and thousands of dollars of lime and all these extra things that came along and they all added up to thousands and thousands of dollars and we got ready to move into the building and we owed i think it was like 60,000 extra dollars beyond the mortgage and we didn't have an extra 60,000 dollars and I thought, oh, man, what are we going to do? God, God, I don't want to have to go to these people. It's so embarrassing. It's embarrassing to me, but it's more embarrassing for you. I have to go to these people, and I have to say, you know what? We're church, and it's going to take a while for us to be able to pay all that back. And we hope, you know, all you people that have worked on this building real hard, you're going to be patient with us while we pay you over time. But you know what God did? Here's what God did. A guy came to me about two years prior to that that was in our church. And he says, you know what? I, I, I'm going to keep on giving. We were, we were receiving money toward this building. People were so generous and giving so much, sacrificing so much. And, and this guy said, you know, I'm, I'm just going to keep giving what I'm giving. But in addition to what I'm doing, I'm giving you this. And he gave it to me, and it was a life insurance policy for $100,000 from a 98-year-old man who passed away before we got into this building. And that money allowed us to be able to come into this building without that debt hanging over our heads. I'm not saying that God took that guy home. I, I'm just saying he lived a long life and he decided to set this church up with something that he had no idea when it would happen. He might have lived 105. He might have, you know, who, who knows? But, but God knew exactly what this church needed and prompted in somebody's heart to be able to set it up to make it happen. And I'm just saying to you today, that same God is your God today. I have to remind myself every time we're getting ready to build something else, every time we're getting ready to do something else, whoa, hold on, don't you fear, Craig, don't give in to fear, don't be intimidated by the enemy that says, oh, don't build that, just play it safe, just play it, you know, keep your hand closed, Don't, don't get out there in faith. I have to remind myself that the same God that provided for this building can provide for the next building and the next building. And the next building, he can do it again. Come on, somebody. He can do it again and again and again. What you did before, I know you can do again. I want to put this up on the screen. I want to share with you this statement. God is more interested in freeing you in your spirit than he is your circumstance. God would rather you be free in your spirit than be a millionaire or whatever else that you desire. Because God wants to do something internal. In other words, in other words, God's more interested in the internal decor than he is the external decor. All right. Sorry, Chip and Joanna. But, but he, he's more interested in in, on the inside job, right? And, and that's not popular in a culture where we are more interested in scenery than we are in spirit. But we remember. And then the next thing is not just endure, but here it is, we embrace what God is doing. That's what Habakkuk began to do. He he says, God, you're still on the throne. Now, I I don't know why you're going to use Babylonians of all people, nasty people, ungodly people, brutal people. I, I don't understand why you're using them, and it just feels like we're not winning. It feels like we're losing But what I do know is, is God is still on the throne, and God is still good, and God is still faithful, and what God has done in the past, he can do again. You see, this is not just a state of denial. This is looking truth in the face and saying, you know what? My GPS, it got me messed up. I'm off, I'm off the road. I'm not where I need to be, and I don't know what's going on. But I know this. I still trust in my God. I still trust in my God. Look at verse 16 at what he says. I heard my heart pounded. Anybody ever been there? It's like, oh, my gosh. What's going on? My lips quivered at the sound, decay crept into my bones, my legs trembled, yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Notice this, yet, I I want you to get this three-letter word this morning, may it sink deep into your spirit, may you be the kind of Christian that says, yet, I'm going to trust God. Yet, I'm going to I, I mean, this sounds crazy. It's going to be brutal. Children, innocent children, God, are going to die. They're going to suffer. There's going to be bloodshed. There, there's going to be all this chaos. But yet, I'm going to wait patiently. I, I'm just going to trust God that that's somehow, some way, you're going to work your will out in this. See, how many have had a situation like I had with, with my dad diagnosed with cancer in the throat. And, and we were all believers. And we're all coming around. Oh, we curse cancer. We curse it. We, you know, we believe God's our healer. He is the God who heals us. I mean, we're quoting every healing scripture we can find. And we're praying and declaring victory over it. And he's believing and trusting in God. And he still has to have the operation. And half of his voice box removed. And a tracheotomy put in his throat. And all of that. I went in to see him immediately after surgery. He had tubes coming out everywhere. And I went in to pray for him. I did a quick prayer and then got out of there before I passed out on the floor. You ever been there? Came out in the hallway, put my head between my legs. So I didn't pass out. And, and so even when you, you, you don't see it happen like you want it to happen. Come on, let's get real this morning, right? When, when it, It's not happening like you want it to happen. And you're like, God, I know you've got the power to do this. I mean, you make the sun shine, you you make the earth rotate around the sun, you you do all these incredible things. I mean, cancer's nothing to you. It's nothing to you. And you could do this. Let, Let me bring it down. You know, when you still need a job, and you've been putting it on that dumb communication card for how many weeks now? And you got all these people praying, and it seems like you go to the interview and they say, Thank you for coming. And it seems like your phone's the one that's not ringing. Hello? When, when you're married, you, you you've heard stories. There's been all kinds of stories at crossroads. Uh, people say, oh, I, I, I'm believing for my marriage. Well, I pray my marriage will be restored. I pray my marriage will be healed. And you're like, hey, and, and then you hear the story but God did a miracle. Put those two people back together again. And so you're like, well, hey, I'm going to write that on there. And, and yours gets worse. Hello? Hello? And it doesn't seem like it's going in the right direction. And it seems like I'm praying for healing and yet I'm hurting. And I'm hurting more than others. There are dozens of reasons not to rejoice, Habakkuk says. There are all kinds of reasons not to praise God, not to rejoice. But I'm still going to trust in the Lord. And here, let me give you this. Habakkuk means wrestle and embrace. That's what his name means. How ironic. Because he's got to do some wrestling. Anybody ever get in a wrestling match with God? Where you just got to wrestle some things out. And, and, and if you'll wrestle in the right way, let me tell you something, even though he wins in the end, you realize that it, that his way is better and that's what wrestling does you realize that he's the true champion and you embrace that. You see, when you have an accident and, 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 and something you know, uh, is destroyed in your life or you, you have a hurt, you have a loss, you know, a person you were praying for and now they're gone and all these things happen and there's, the, there's this temptation within us to say, I don't understand. It's okay to not understand. You just don't let go go. Hello? You just don't let go. You keep on wrestling. You keep on hanging on. You keep on shigginothing, all right? You keep on saying, well, this is a part of the jazz music I don't like here, you know? I don't get that note there. And that seemed a little janky. That seemed a little weird. That seemed a little strange. I, I don't know this part, and I don't know where the, the melody is going right now, but it isn't a half-hearted song. It's coming out of the depths of your soul to God. You ready to go deep today? Here's the third word, is praise. That's where he lands in this. You see, a faith That worships when everything feels wrong is a true faith. A faith that believes even when it doesn't see. As a matter of fact, it's not faith if you can see it. It's only faith if you can't see it. And, and the cry of his heart is, I'm going to declare praise for God in my pain. In other words, I'm going to praise before the provision, before the, the actual miracle. We sing a song, we sang it a few weeks ago, praise before my breakthrough. In other words, I'm just going to praise in spite of what's going on. I don't understand it. I'm confused. God, I don't know. It seems like I pray, and it gets worse. So then I'm thinking, well, should I even pray? How many know where that's coming from? You know, it seems like the more I get to praying and the more I get to serving and the more I get in there, it seems like the more terrible things start trying to happen in my life. That's because the enemy doesn't fight you when you act like you're already on his side. Hello? But when you step out of the boat, then the wind begins to blow, and the sea begins to billow, and the strength of the storm gets more intense. You see, but in the midst of that, here's where you got to remember, you're not praising for the what he does. You're praising for the who he is. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, that's good stuff right there, all right? You, you don't praise for what he does, but who he is. Is. I wonder where my yet people are in this place who say, I don't care what happens, yet will I praise him. Look at what Habakkuk says. He says, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on heights. That's what happens when you begin to praise him because he says, even if the fig tree doesn't blossom... And there can't be figs unless there's blossoms. And he says, they're not even blossoms, let alone figs. And he says, even if the olive tree doesn't produce, and even if the the crops all around me wither and die, Even if there are no sheep in the pen and there are no cattle in the barn, listen to this, listen to this, yet will I praise God. Him I wonder where the people are today that even if it doesn't happen, even if I call the prayer line, even if I get everybody in my whole neighborhood, even if this whole flipping church is praying for me and it just gets worse and worse and worse, yet will I praise him. right? Yet will I praise him. You see, Job, Job had all kinds of mess going on. How many have ever read the book of Job? You know, you go, home, that's, some, that's some entertaining reading. <laughs> you know, uh, first this ter- terrible thing happens, and just, you know, it's like one of those people when you say, well, could it get any worse? Yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah, it can. And, 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 then, and then it just gets worse and worse and worse. And finally, ha, hey, anybody got these kind of people in your life? His wife comes along and says, why don't you just curse God and die? That's how bad it is. And he says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. How many know Job was a yet kind of guy? Yet I'm going to trust him. And then he says, I believe that my Redeemer. Lives, and I will see him stand upon the earth. He is the redeemer. He's the forgiver. He's the washer. He's the cleanser. He's the one who sustains us. He is my life. He's my hope. He's my joy. He's my everything. He's my all. I wouldn't be anything if it weren't for him. I will praise him. God give us some yet kind of Christians that they're, they're, they're like the Apostle Paul. That, they, you know, Lord, just I know we don't have to go to jail. I know you could, you could turn this thing and we wouldn't have to go into prison. We wouldn't have to get beaten and, and put in shackles and be in this hellhole of a prison. We, we, we don't have to do this because you are the king of the universe. But let me tell you something. Even if we do have to go to jail, even if we're in the depths of the prison, Even at midnight, old Silas and I are going to break out into a song of praise and adoration to the King of all kings and Lord of all lords. And who knows what might happen if we'll praise him in our prison. Come on, somebody. Who knows what might happen if we'd have a song in the night. How many know that God can give a song in the night? He can give a sweet present of the Holy Spirit that even if you're not healed even if you don't become a millionaire by the time you're 30 even if you don't get your BMW even if you don't have another one to match it even if you don't have a home on the lake or on the ocean somewhere even if you don't have all the money you want even if you don't have all the brands you want to wear or anything else yet will I praise him come on now I don't want to be a fair weather fan of Jesus because it wasn't fair weather when he died for me, when he hung on the cross. And I love how he talks about that he's our Redeemer, he's our Savior. Because, see, when you're remembering things, just remember, like the old song saying, I was lost and undone without Christ. Or his son. You see, I was down in the miry clay going down for the last time when when the sea billows roll all those things this imagery of drowning of all the sin and the sorrow and the muck and the mire of the life that you had before and God redeemed you pulled you out lifted you up hung on a cross for you by his stripes you are healed he has provided not just healing in your soul but but he has provided an eternal home in heaven where your name is written down. And when you stand before him, he's going to say, I know exactly who you are. Well done, good and faithful servant. How many are ready for that? I mean, that's what, that's what it's all about. It, is It doesn't look good. And for some of you, you may be here today. And you say, well, I got that. <laughs> it doesn't look good. I don't like the report I'm getting. There are no grapes on the vine. But let me tell you something. Even in the midst of it, yet I can praise him. Yet I can praise him. See, it may feel like you're going nowhere. But Habakkuk says, but even though I don't know where I'm going, I know where he is is, and he is where he's always been, seated on his throne. See, I I may not know where I am, but that's not what's important. What's important is do you know where he is? Do you know where he is? Because even when I don't see the results, he is worthy. Even though I I don't see where I'm going, I know where he is. And where he is, the Bible says, I will be also. And all who have that hope, they live with it each day. They live with it. So Father, today, help us to put this into practice. Because it is a whole lot easier to preach than it is to practice. It's a whole lot easier to hear it today than to do it. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, Craig, man, I I needed this message because I'm tempted that when the dark clouds roll and when it just gets roaring outside and it just seems like life's going nowhere and it just seems like uh, uh, I don't understand what God's up to. I don't understand why he's not doing what I'm asking him to do. In the midst of that, I want to be a person that still trusts him, that says, yet will I praise him because I'm not here for him to serve me. I'm here to serve him and to serve his purposes. If you're here today and you say, Craig, I, this spoke to me today, and I just want to respond to God this morning, just let Him know I am not a fair weather fan. I don't want to be that way. I don't want to live my life. Just if God does what i want him to do then i'm all happy i'm all giddy but if he doesn't then i don't have the happiness i don't have the joy in my life let me rejoice in god today just for who he is not what he's done for me lately and god i want to be that kind of person if that's your prayer would you just raise your hand say yeah I want to serve God like that. It doesn't matter what's coming my way. The devil can't throw me off. He can't get it dark enough. But what I'm going to believe and trust in my God, Father in heaven, I know, if we'll be that kind of Christian, if we'll be that kind of Christ follower, then there is nothing that can steal our joy. There's nothing that can rob us of our victory in our soul and in our spirit. And so God today sustain us, strengthen us with this message. Help us, God, to live it out and to live with hope inside, not worried about what's going on outside. Maybe you're here today, others of you, and maybe the reason, and I know people like this, maybe the reason you turned away from Christianity is because somebody told you if you'd become a Christian, everything would go your way that God would just bless you and and it just would everything would come up roses and and it'd just be all awesome if you'd start going to church and oh you'd have more money and all kinds of things and maybe the opposite happened or maybe hard times came and and it threw you off you didn't understand and you walked away because you thought well if God's going to be like that who needs God? here's what you need to understand today That God already did enough for you. That if he didn't do one more thing, he's done plenty. Because when he came down here 2,000 years ago, as history records, and he died on an old rugged cross and paid a debt he didn't owe, that was all for you. And if he didn't do anything else but that, he secured your name as a believer in heaven so that you can live in a place that you don't deserve. That you, you don't even deserve five minutes there, let alone five million years. But he's done it all because he loves you that much. And he's here today to make sure you know that. And if you're here this morning and you say, Craig, I want to come back to God. I realize I walked away for the wrong reasons. Or maybe you never really gave your life to God because maybe it never was explained to you like that, that Jesus came, paid your price. You either pay your price or he pays your price, but the option is yours. And today you can choose to have him pay your price. If you want that, just raise your hand right now. I want to pray for you before we go any further. How many are here? Just raise it up and say, yeah, that's me today. I need to make a commitment to Christ in the service this morning. Yes, I see that hand. How many others? All right, we're going to pray. Just everybody pray with me and just say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross for me. I believe he paid my penalty for all of my sin. And so I claim him as my Lord and Savior to pay the price for my freedom. So today... I give you my life. As much as I know how, I surrender all to you. Use me for your glory. And I thank you, God, that I have a hope in heaven because of what I've done today. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, let's praise God for those who prayed that prayer. Listen, here's how we're going to wrap up this service today. I want some prayer partners to come across the front. And if you're here today and you would say, man, I needed this message because either you're going through something or somebody you know is going through something. And maybe you just need to step out this morning and just come down here and say, you know what? It doesn't matter how I feel. I'm not going to praise him this morning because I feel like praising him. I'm going to praise him before my breakthrough. I'm going to praise him before the answer. And even if he doesn't answer in the way of... Oh, mm. Even if he doesn't answer like I want him to answer. Even if he sends those stinking Babylonians over here. I'm going to still praise him. I'm going to still trust him. God, give us a church full of people who don't just raise their hands when there's victory in their house. But it makes no difference if there are grapes on the vine Or if there's blossoms on the fig tree, if there's sheep in the pen, if there's cattle in the barn, it makes no difference if my 401k is going up or down, it doesn't make any difference if my marriage is getting better or worse, it doesn't make any difference if my kids are getting further from God or closer, it doesn't make any difference if my back's hurting worse today than it was yesterday, Yet will I praise him. Yet will I love him. Yet will I serve him. Yet will I worship him because he is worthy. Sing this out. Let's stand together and let's close this service. If you need to